0: Hello and welcome to the European VC, your go-to place for insights into the European VC industry. Broadcasting from Portugal, I am David Cruz de Silva. And from Denmark, I am Andreas Moncom. And welcome to the third episode of EUVC. If you would like to suggest topics or guests for future episodes, please reach out to us at theeuropeanvc.com. If you're about to raise an international round, do feel free to reach out for an introduction to relevant VCs. Today,
1: we're joined by Michael Hansen, CEO of Danban, Denmark's leading business angel association. Danban consists of more than 200 active angels who collectively invest in more than 30 million euros on an annual basis. Prior to joining Danban, Michael was the chief architect behind the sprawling investment environment around the Danish robotics cluster, which is broadly recognized as one of the very strongest clusters for robotics companies in Europe, if not the world. Today, we'll focus on Michael's time taking the investor ecosystem around the robotics cluster from nothing to world class and translating his learnings from that side of the table to relevant advice to VCs and
0: angels. Before we really jump uh, into into the details of the interview, we'd like to give some time for you to present yourself to our listeners so they get to know you a bit better. Tell us a bit about about your story how you've gone from an electrical engineer to the main architect behind this wildly successful investor base around the robotics cluster in Denmark and then on to become the ceo of, of Danband the, the danish business angel network
2: yeah thank you and i'm quite sure that uh, people relations uh, the thing of being a networker and also have uh, the flair for sales and marketing is the key word here Um, I know how to talk to people. I know how to create value between people. Um, And I always believe that we can do better and faster. Um, So it's not much about how I became an engineer, but but more on how I actually work uh, as a human being in this uh, ecosystem. Um, And then I can see that the cross field between investors and companies uh, are are my sweet spot. Uh, I'm really good when it comes to bridging the gap between investors and startups.
1: So, Michael, I uh, would love to deep dive a bit on the topic of cluster and network development. I was thinking maybe we should start this conversation by asking you to share your, your perspectives on what you think makes a strong investor ecosystem.
2: Yeah, you need to have something to invest in. So when you build an investor network, uh, as we did around the Odense Robotic Cluster, it was we were building on 30 years history of robotics uh, from the shipyard industry. And we were also building on that the cluster management was really, really strong. A strong team, uh, highly skilled business developers. So it all starts out with the capability that we had in robotics. And then we built from there. The budget was secured for the strong cluster management team. And, and I was hired in as a specialist in fundraising to help bridging the gap between all the companies looking for money. Uh, and of course, uh, building this uh, this investor network. We'll also make a strong cluster is i think we call it a business first approach to make sure that the companies actually work together creating new business cases and we when we have new business cases we have new companies and then we have investment possibilities so that's also very very important in investor relations you don't just call a guy with money and say hey come and see us you need to you need to show the whole story so we were standing on on the shoulders of a strong cluster with a track record becoming even better and bigger and and then we made this uh, single point of contact so everybody with money wanting to to invest in robotics automation and drones they could come to one person and in this case it was me and i was connected to everybody so we did this uh one-door policy or single point of contact is very very important and then it is also uh, back to what i said in the beginning it's, it's also about marketing so we were showing all the successes in the cluster and we were showing investments possibilities and we were showing the strong founders globally so i think that's some of the things that made it a success.
0: Yeah, talking about um, successful entrepreneurs and then them becoming part of the venture investing ecosystem, so to speak. Yeah. It's something we actually had a chat about with the previous guests, with Stefan Moraes. Stefan Moraes is a managing partner of Indico Capital Partners, so a Portuguese early-stage deep tech fund. And we ended up chatting about the fact that most entrepreneurs, um, successful entrepreneurs with exits, end up not going the LP route, so investing in funds, but typically going the business angel route, Um, based on the experience with the Danish cluster, robotics cluster. What is your take on this? I see some very high, high, very high skill people, intelligent
2: people, young people that have done it themselves. And now suddenly they have a lot of money and a lot of experience and a lot of network and they want to do things themselves. They don't want other people to handle their money in a business where they have done success already. I think when it comes to real estate and and all these things, then they will go to normal sources. But when it comes to driving up a new startups and investing in startups and spreading risk in different in different sectors, they want to do things themselves.
1: Well, if I could follow up on that, uh, Michael, the question that I'm sitting with is then now that they. Do it themselves. Are they then? Do you see that they're they're good at syndicating, or do you see that they often also try and get the deals for themselves and and, and develop them by themselves?
2: I mostly see that they spread risk, and I also see that they that they work together with other business angels uh, or other people from the ecosystem that are highly skilled. Some do it, especially here around the robotics. We have those individuals that are very very well connected. So when I look at at the robotic cluster, it is a informal network of uh, highly, highly uh, individuals. When I look at with CEO uh, titled today at Danish Business Angels, I can see that uh, in a broader perspective in the Nordics, we have two organizations. Uh, The one is the Nordic Makers, which is a Nordic approach where they collect uh, the best founders. In the nordics and they work together and have uh, even one person hired to screen uh, all incoming cases to help them actually because of all these highly skilled individuals they get probably one to five pitch decks per day or per week but nordic makers is one uh, the other one is uh, by founders uh, which is a vc today and they i think they have 45 founders in their i say portfolio of investors and um, so 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 these two is what i can see um, a try to collect these founders into some organizations, but they are individuals, they have done it themselves. And they have their own way of doing things. Certainly, we can see this.
1: Would you elaborate on that? What do you see being the strengths and weaknesses of doing it that way?
2: The strength is you have people that have made success themselves prior or earlier, that might be an advantage, because then they know how to do things. Uh, on the other hand, just because you have and success is one success, it doesn't make you into a an app factory for successes so when you when you come as a new startup and you're looking for funding then you as a startup of course should screen your investors for can they actually help me with more than just money
1: and where do you see the role of cluster management in that coming back to the role that you've had before
2: Oh, yeah. Close, close, close collaboration. The cluster management need to be totally aligned with uh, the top 10 or top 20 investors in the specific verticals. So back to things, uh, back to to where I said a single point of contact or this one door policy, you have one door to enter and then you say, hey, I am this guy. I have this need. I have this kind of money. I'm looking for this kind of, of investment or this kind of resources. Who do I speak with? That is so important. And then what, what we did around the Olinx Robotic Cluster were that we had uh, one annual investor summit. Last time with when we could meet in, <laughs> in real life, we had 350 participants just in robotics. We had eight robotic companies coming from all over the world. We had investors coming from all over the world in this specific vertical calling called robotics. So that was our way to having a Demo Day or Portfolio Day uh, as a cluster. Normally, we speak Portfolio Day or Demo Day as venture companies, but but we also had investment possibilities. Um, so when we could attract f- uh, from the outside, that's when we could see that we really had, had, had hit the bullseye in being the cluster for robotics or collaborative robots uh, in the world.
1: The story of... Uh of the Investor Summit I think is quite interesting how you took something that no one knew about and and built a uh, a investment environment very much around these summits. Could you explain your thinking around that and your experience?
2: Yes, Uh, in the beginning, when we made the strategy back in 2015, we were sure that we by email or by an IT platform could make things happen, kind of an I don't know Airbnb matching between those who had the money and those who are looking for the money. But we could see that meeting in real life was what, what was so much more effective because investors want to see what they are investing in. So when we made the first, uh, <laughs> that's actually a funny story. When we made the first investor summit we thought that we could have five, eight companies and maybe 15 uh, investors. It was in the young, in the early days. And I was uh, in Vegas for a 40-year-old birthday and I had jet lag. So I woke up every morning at 2.30, but then my email just exploded and we just ended up with 60 investors and almost 20 companies looking for money. And I needed from Vegas, by email, coordinating a venue and food and beverage and uh, yeah it was it was crazy so i could see that the thought of making this in real life meetups as the investor summit was was right so that's where that's where we began and then it just took
0: off from there coming back with that note and coming back to something you said uh, a while ago you know the fact that these individuals these successful entrepreneurs they all live in the same city and also based on that curious story you said you know, I imagine there is um, a close relationship with the city itself, and I would love for you to to explain to us a bit what is you know what is the type of relationship that is with the city and to what extent uh, the city was involved in this in this process as well. Yeah, that's again a really good question, and the answer can be
2: really really a long answer here. Uh, but I think, taken into a very 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 short explanation, uh, the city itself took a they made a choice. They wanted to build this. And then they found money for five years to build this. And then how do you build this the right way? You have the, the strategy, you have the money, and then you need to build this in a triple helix between education, between companies and between the local government slash the city. It was really difficult. But um, I can say today that the politicians were brave. They made some brave choices. They hired uh, highly skilled business developers that wanted to make a difference in the city, and I think then the rest is kind of, kind of, kind of story. But but these money and the dedication uh, with the strategy made the strong cluster, uh, and it was I think, do we say long term money uh, in English? So we had five years to build and we needed to show results within two or three years
0: and and we and and we did it sorry for interrupting but what about exactly that because i find that really interesting also for other listeners what What do we know about then the impact that the cluster later on had on the city, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, The
2: whole uh, business case were more employees pay more taxes. So it's quite simple. So when and, and the city itself cannot invest in companies, it's against the law. So but what we can do, we can match companies looking for money with investors. So that was the whole Essence of the business case.
1: I'm so glad to hear you giving some love to the uh, to the local government because that's uh, that's quite rare. Uh, so sorry, not not, spe- not specifically in Osnabrück, but uh, it is in general quite rare to hear, hear uh, VCs and angels being overly uh, excited about the role of uh, government. So I'm I'm glad to hear that uh, they've played an important role here. Yeah. Um, but Michael, now I'd uh, I'd love to shift gears a bit and focus on your uh, your new role as CEO of the Danish Business Angel Network. Of course, I'm very interested in hearing about how you work with the the, the top angels in Denmark and uh, and and especially how you have uh, taken the organization and really made a giant leap towards an interna- internationalization of the network, and also uh, to for the network to. To, to come closer to VC, so making the angel investors work closer with the VC community. Would you elaborate a bit on uh, what you think here?
2: Oh yes, and that's a, a very interesting topic, so I hope you have a lot of time now. <laughs> no, no. You've got plenty. Uh, plenty. Uh, I'm I'm starting out again uh, in Odense around the the robotics I could concentrate myself on a deep narrow vertical in robotics and I made a a huge difference I think I was uh, the way they counted I helped created 350 new jobs in the city over that five year period now I I, now I switch into Denmark's uh, business angel network uh, and we see 600 cases every year we're now up to 230 uh, members and we uh, and and our relations to VC and funds in general are already becoming stronger in the last two months we've had four new funds coming into the network as paying partners and the whole talk about that we we see 600 cases we uh, last year we invested 30 billion oh, sorry 30 million <laughs> uh, euros and we're really good when startups looking for money for the first or the second time what we not what we're not good at yet is to show our portfolio because our investors have more than 500 companies in the portfolio and right and, and this portfolio in in our terms is a damn good portfolio because when you have 230 business angels making due diligence on more than a 1000 startups when they choose to invest uh, in our world it's 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 the good companies so we can now see that the funds are interesting in getting into a co- closer collaboration with us because especially the VCs would like to see or to get to know the companies 12 to 18 months before they actually invest. So what I'm going to do, if, it, if we can do it, I'm going to copy what we did in, uh, in Orleans because to make a showroom of investment possibilities. And we had one of, one of our success stories is a company called BotXO. The first three rounds they had, they were invested by, by business angels from our network. And then the fourth investment was from one of our partners, and that partner is Seed Capital. So Seed Capital, with these four business angels, they they made a round four, and now the company is just taking off towards the moon uh, to create a growth, and of course,
0: hiring a lot, hiring a lot of people uh, on the way. I'm curious to know a bit more about the collaboration model you have with VC funds. And how, how do you ensure that the interests are aligned? And eventually, if, if you care to share, have there been any particular challenges and solutions that you would like to highlight with that collaboration? It's in the making. Right now we
2: have a, what we call a basic model and it's, uh, it doesn't create that much of a value. But uh, yet, of course, there are value. Otherwise, we wouldn't collaborate. When our VCs create a new fund, they pitch reverse into our network to get uh, to ask the business angels if if they would like to to join uh, the next fund. So that's pitching one way, and that thing is working already. All all funds are participating in our in our activities, our uh, our pitch meetings, in our member meetings, and they also uh, VCs also join in for. Uh, educating both investors and uh, and startups so that's kind of the basics in the future we would like to make this showroom we would like to have the general basic information on all companies available and then we and then we would also like to work on can we actually show vcs when our portfolio are looking for money the next time and this last question is the most difficult one but if we can actually if we take uh, for instance uh, A company, they invest only in A rounds. So 12 to 18 months before a company enter A territory, they would like to know. So how can we collaborate about this? This is what we're looking at. How can we develop this?
1: I'm quite curious in in hearing about how do you uh, enable this or plan to enable this uh, uh, technology-wise? Because... I, I, you know that I'm a big proponent of the platform called Venture 360, which I hearing what you're looking for can't help but think that, that this might be exactly what you're looking for. Uh, what have you done so far?
2: We haven't chosen platform yet. We're looking at different uh, way of doing this uh, because us being a nonprofit network slash organization, it's not our portfolio. So the first thing is what kind of data can we show not to, yeah, excuse my English. Pitch off investors and founders. So I think we have 514 companies in the portfolio by the end of last year. So if I want to show 514 uh, companies, I really need to make sure that I got my GDPR right. So one thing is to do it right on a GDPR level. The other one is to actually explain founders and investors and VCs what we're doing why we're doing it and why it is beneficial uh, for all parties uh, in this uh, threesome. Coming back to something you, you're
0: talking about, which I also find really interesting, um, you're telling us that um, VCs also collaborate uh, to the extent of helping through education, educational purposes and training purposes. And so I would assume that that is something that that man is doing. <laughs> would you care to explain, to explain a bit about that? Yes, we believe in... Education, education, education,
2: or sharing knowledge in our network among our members. So we have, we have the best, maybe the only one, uh, but <laughs> at least we have the best business angel education. When we enter Christmas, we have sent 136 members slash business angels through our business angel education called Angel Program. And then we have uh, continuously every month, we have what we call the Danban Academy. Uh, so we, we give our members the newest knowledge in uh, in IP or due diligence or whatever topics that, that are relevant, uh, new taxation rules and whatever. Uh, and then, of course, we also use business angels and VCs when we educate startups. We, we want to show startups how, if they want to go the, the business angel VC way, then we, we show them or we teach them or we educate them in how they should structure their startup.
1: Michael, I uh, would love to... Go back a bit and uh, and maybe talk more about how you uh, work with the VCs specifically uh, and and especially whether you have uh, reached out to international VCS or if the four that you've managed to get into your uh, your organization are they Danish
2: we are starting with our friends and friends are the one closest to us so it is a Danish/ slash Nordic vcs that we are that we're talking with and of course uh, the national uh, funds vcs are the most i think we have is it eight eight or nine funds slash vcs now three of them are actually exit uh, operators and not uh, are not investing anymore so but we're starting uh, nationally then we are looking at uh, our friends in the nordics and then we will probably also move uh, towards uh, the rest of europe and the rest of the world a small <laughs> a small thing here is that All our communication in the moment is in Danish. And as everybody knows, Denmark is a very large country in the the, the world, and everybody in the world speaks Danish. So, now we are only 5.5 million people in Denmark. And when we do everything in Danish, we have a, a globalization issue in our little network. So that is one more thing that I need to change over time.
1: On that note, I think that we should just uh, spend a small, small amount of time talking uh, about the uh, DanBan network on a European level. So, so the band networks, business angel networks, and how you collaborate with the other, uh, uh, it's not correct to call it chapters, I believe, but the other uh, organizations that uh, see themselves as band networks. Yes.
2: I'm still learning uh, in this area. The, co- uh, the whole uh, co- COVID-19, uh, corona issue make it really difficult to collaborate uh, cross-border. Uh, what we have done so far is, for instance, our angel program is developed uh, among the Nordic business angel networks, and we have relations to to, uh, to, to the Finnish FIBAN. Uh, we collaborate with uh, with Espan from from Estonia. Uh, we know uh, the Irish uh, is called Hban, and then of course we are organized uh, through through Eban, where our our chairman is also a member of the board. Uh, at Eban and Eban is also organised by different board members from from the other bands. So so we are in a collaboration.
1: And just to know that uh, Eban is uh, the European band.
2: Yeah, they are organising business angel networks in Europe. So it's more the top. They are more at the top of trying to organise all these bands in the different countries. Uh, and they also have a education of business angels in a european context uh, with small uh, webinars and two of our members actually educate on on these webinars uh, organized
0: uh, by Eban. i would like to focus on, here on a more kind of personal aspect if you if you're willing to maybe <laughs> would you care to share uh, one of your learnings over these two personal or professional learnings over these two processes of setting up the, the, the Danish uh, robotics cluster and now the Danban, whatever whatever you prefer to, to focus on. Because I think it's interesting, you know, showing that um, it's not only entrepreneurship that's about um, failing and learning fast. It's also uh, the investing side of the business. <laughs>
2: it's, uh, it's so many people with so many interests. And that's it. A- Difficult cross-field uh, also to act in. Uh, and then on the investment side, I can see that... Oh, uh,
1: could I just, uh, just stop you on that yeah. one? Uh, because what have you done to overcome that fact? Uh,
2: with uh, all these people?
1: All the people with all the yeah. interests?
2: Uh, I'm trying to find uh, the interests that can collect most people in the same agenda on, in the same way. So when I say back in my oldency days, when I say we want to create the best investor summit for robotics and everybody's welcome. So the whole ecosystem supported the event. Uh, we were all open for all suggestions from all parties in the ecosystem. Uh, and, and saying out this loud, to, to say we will make the biggest and the best event ever on the island, in the city of Odense, creating an investor summit, connecting startups from all over the world with, with investors all, all over the world here now and that really makes uh, to, to, to do that is um, I haven't read
0: any books about it um, I just know how to do it I think that's a beautiful, a beautiful segment for us to close this section of the episode because we are running out of time unfortunately No. Uh, yes I'm sorry uh, we always end our interviews with a quick fire round Michael and that is three short questions and three short answers are you up for it? that's right I can always say no. (laughs) Exactly. So first question, in your opinion, what should VCs and founders understand about investing and fundraising across Europe rather than in a single country? Yeah,
2: definitely. Look away from culture, language, and maybe maybe even taxation rules. Uh, Look at the case and start from there. And then especially what we can see in uh, in the cross-border segment, call your friends in that country that you are looking... If a startup is from France... Then call your investor friends from another business angle network and make a syndicated investment because then you remove a lot of uh, obstacles uh, and you can invest cross-border. And I think the, the the BCS actually are moving. They are moving across Europe, but there is still some some issues about if they get too far away uh, from their own uh, sweet
0: spot, then it makes then it, it becomes difficult for them. Uh, second question what would you personally like to change about the venture investing landscape in europe yeah that's a difficult one because uh but i'm going to show the european
2: vcs that we in denmark have some damn good startups funded by some really really good business angles
0: third question and finally what can we expect from you in the future
2: yeah that's a that's a really good question we are building the danish business angel network but we only have 10 percent of uh, potential Investors in Denmark right now. So in 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 three years' time, we'll be looking at the national, the really true national business angel network, uh, and 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 all startups in Denmark come to us to get into our funnel because that's the only way and the right place to be
0: here at the EUVC. We wish you best of luck. Thank you. Uh, We hope that you keep us up to date so that we can also reshare. the worthwhile news that you have and you want to want to amplify throughout Europe and hopefully we can help with that and finally I would like to thank you for your time thank you for uh, the availability to do this episode it was really enjoyable so I hope uh, that we have the opportunity to do this again soon you're more than welcome we had a great time talking with Michael Hansen CEO of Danban Denmark's leading business angel network and chief architect behind the investor ecosystem around the Danish robotics cluster find Michael on LinkedIn if you'd like to see more from him Thank you for listening to this episode
1: of the European VC, the go-to place for insights into the European VC industry. If you would like to hear more from us, visit europeanvc.com. If you would like to suggest topics or guests for future episodes, please do reach out to us at LinkedIn or whichever medium fits you best. We are always
2: there for you.